in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today the Gospel is about the repentance of Zacchaeus and God's love toward Zacchaeus. And there are many lessons we can learn from this beautiful story. The first lesson, one of the major obstacles to our repentance and to live a godly life is excuses. Usually we have excuses to justify why we don't have time to pray, why we don't have time to read the scripture, why we don't have time to serve the Lord, why we don't have time to attend all the church meetings and activities, excuses, excuses all the time. And as they say, the road to eternal uh, damnation is full of excuses. But in the story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus had many excuses, and these excuses were legitimate. Number one, usually there was a crowd around the Lord Jesus Christ. And how he can go in the middle of this crowd in order to see the Lord. And also he was short and this made the situation more difficult for him. Also he was not loved by the people because he was a chief tax collector and the tax collector were not loved actually at that time because of their greediness and the harshness with which they collect money from the people. So there were many excuses and he wanted to see Jesus not out of curiosity just to see how he looks like but no, as we read here he sought to see who Jesus was. So apparently he heard about the Lord Jesus Christ and now he wanted to get to know him personally and to listen to his teaching and be influenced by his life and his preaching. And as they say, when there is a will, there is a way. He found a way. And maybe a person in his prestige, this way was not suitable. But he compromised his prestige in order to see who Jesus was, in order to see him. And all his desire is just to see him. And in his heart, if I see him even from afar, I will be blessed. That's why he climbed a sycamore tree in order to see the Lord Jesus Christ while he was passing by. Why actually Zacchaeus was able to overcome all these excuses? Because he had a desire in his heart to see the Lord Jesus Christ. If we have this desire in our heart to be united with the Lord and to glorify Him, we will not have excuses. We actually, every morning, evening and night, we will pray and we have time with God. We will read the scripture and be disciplined by the teaching of the Lord. We will be eager to come to the church very early 
in order to spend as much time as we can with the Lord. But why do we have excuses? Because we don't have this desire, genuine desire. We do all these spiritual activities either as a routine or just to calm down our conscience or to avoid the eternal punishment. But the desire to see the Lord is not there. And the feeling that I need God in my life is not there. If we feel that we need God, we will be actually quick and swift to come to Him. Because we need our jobs. We go very early and we attend to our professions. So the problem here with excuses, number one, that we don't have the real desire to see the Lord. And number two, we don't feel the need to be with the Lord. Also, a third reason for the excuses, because we want the pleasure of the world. We want to please ourselves, even if we are going to violate the word of God. If we think about Joseph, the righteous, when his master's wife tried to sin with him, if he wanted to find excuses, he can find so many legitimate excuses. But he said, no, how can I commit this great wickedness and sin against God? And he preferred to be thrown in prison, not knowing when actually he will be released. He was a foreigner in the land of Egypt, has nobody to defend him, and he preferred to be in prison, maybe for the rest of his life, rather than defile his body with sin. But God looked at his righteousness, looked at his purity, defended him, and he made him the second man in Egypt. Before you find an excuse, try to answer this question. Do I want to see the Lord? Do I want to be united with Him? Do I feel that I need Him in my life? Do I love the pleasures of the world than the Lord Himself? Because these are the reasons behind our excuses. The second lesson here, that nobody actually is beyond the salvation. Jesus came to save every single person in the world. And the worst sinner in the world should have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he can be transformed into a saint. And we have so many stories in the scripture and also in the life of the saints about people who lived very, very ungodly life. But when they accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, their life was totally transformed. Like the story of Zacchaeus today. Like next week, we will hear about the sinful woman and the thief on the cross, St. Paul, who was a blasphemer and persecutor of the Church of God. When we return to God, God actually will give us so many blessings as he gives the case. 
He gives the case the gift of salvation. Today, salvation is happening to this house. Today, salvation has come to this house. So the Lord actually saved the case. Also, not only him, but when the case actually saved, he was also able to bring his family and his household to the knowledge of Christ. Also, the Lord gives them peace, as it was the custom when he entered any house, he say, peace be with you. So he give the keys and the house, the peace. And when the Lord says, peace be with you, it is totally different than we say peace. When the Lord say, peace be with you, all anxiety, all fear, all worries are taken and removed immediately from the heart of the person. He gave them joy and happiness. The key is actually all what he wanted to see the Lord from afar off. He could not dream more than this. Maybe if he can greet the Lord by hand in person, this was beyond his imagination. And definitely he did not expect that the Lord will come and visit him in his house. But the Lord invited himself to be a guest at the house of Zacchaeus. And as we heard, Zacchaeus rejoiced greatly because he could not believe that the Lord will come and stay at my house. So he gave them joy and happiness. Also, he gave them freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from sin, from the slavery of sin. Zacchaeus was a man who loved money and was greedy in collecting the money. But here we can see how this man was set free from the love of money. He distributed half of his goods to the poor and to the needy. Also, he did something amazing that he said to the Lord, if I was unfair to anybody, I will restore for faults, which is a very important step in our repentance. I cannot repent without correcting the consequences of my sin. I cannot say I repent without writing what I did wrong before. And the case is a leading example here how he volunteered to restore four faults to anyone who was wronged by him. As we say in the Divine Liturgy, God give us abundantly, more than we ask or understand. Another lesson in the story of Zacchaeus, the attitude of the people. Instead of the people rejoiced that a sinner like Zacchaeus repented and returned back to God, we read that they all murmured, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Many times when we do something good, Satan makes some people attack us. Why? Because Satan, through these attacks, want to achieve his goal, 
to stop this goodness from happening. But we should not pay attention to this. We should not pay attention to any attack on something good I do it for the glory of God. When you read the story, you did not find the Lord responded to them. He did not defend himself. The guests did not respond to them. So they were continuing in their goal, Zacchaeus, to repent and return back to God. And the Lord Jesus Christ to search for the lost and bring them back. So they continue in pursuing their goals and let the people say whatever they want to say. But we will pursue our goal. I'm not going to listen to any negative and destructive criticism that hinder the spread of the kingdom of God. Another lesson about the love of God to the sinners. How God actually dealt with Zacchaeus is an example and a lesson to all of us that God actually loves us beyond what we expect. See, the Lord invited himself to be a guest in the house of Zacchaeus, something Zacchaeus did not dream about. The Lord did not rebuke him or condemn him at all. Actually, he invited himself before Zacchaeus offered his offering to give half of his goods to the poor. The Lord told him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. And after that, Zacchaeus said, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. Here we can see how the Lord in his non-conditional love, he invited himself to be a guest without telling Zacchaeus, you are a bad man, you are a greedy man. This love actually transformed the life of Zacchaeus. Another thing actually, when Zacchaeus said to the Lord, look Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. The Lord did not tell him, what is the proof? What's your proof that you're going to do this? Maybe these are just words. Can you prove to me? What is the guarantee? We hear this many times in solving family problems. When somebody sincerely says, I will do this, I will do this, I will stop doing this. Then the other person will respond with something, how can I believe you? I don't trust you. When we say to the other person, give him the benefit of the doubt. Usually, you don't know him. I know him very well. I lived with him so many years and I don't trust him. When we have this negative expectation from the people, people will live up to our expectation, whether they are positive or negative. But when we encourage them and we are positive and give them hope, yes, they can change and they can repent through the grace of God. This hope and encouragement, this love and acceptance will transform the people. But negative comments and negative interpretation and negative criticism will not actually make the people repent. Rather, 
either they become discouraged or they became angry, they will not repent this way. And the case here, encouraged by the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Lord said to him, Today I must stay at your house. This love and this acceptance transformed the life of the case. And he said to the Lord, Half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. The last point this time is not time of condemnation, it is time of salvation. As the Lord said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man did not come to judge or condemn the world, but He came to save the world. There is another time, we hear it in every divine liturgy, He appointed a day for recompense, on which He will appear to judge the world in righteousness. So there is time for condemnation, there is time for judgment. It is in His second coming, but this time is time of salvation. I'm saying this because many of our attitudes is condemning others and judging others. When you see something wrong, instead of judging and condemning the person, try to think how to help him to be saved, how to help him to correct his way, how to help him to repent. The Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, there are many lost people around us, many. And we need to follow the steps of our Lord Jesus Christ to seek and to save, not to condemn them, not to judge them, not to discourage them. There is a time for condemnation, there is a time for judgment, but this time is time for salvation. Let us dedicate this liturgy that the Lord help us to offer a pure repentance, like the repentance of Zacchaeus, and to return to the Lord wholeheartedly. Let us also pray the Lord to save all the lost souls in the world, Many souls are lost and drifted away. So let's ask God to help in bringing these lost souls back to his church. And we should be catalysts in or tools in the hands of the Lord to bring these souls back to the church. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.